Welcome to the Driving Change Podcast on the Evergreen Podcast Network, where we live at the intersection of neuroscience and storytelling. If you love great stories and you love understanding the mindset it takes to be a world-class change agent, then join us as our fascinating guests from all walks of life unpack their unique journeys of perseverance and passion, of expertise and experience, and be inspired to use your own story to drive change. Welcome back to the Driving Change Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Bloomfield. And every once in a while, we actually get to do the part two of an earlier conversation. And today is one of those days we are bringing back in studio here in the hollowed halls of the Brain Trust Studios in Cincinnati, Ohio, the ultimate Broadway and stage theater musical power couple, Drew and Leah, or should I say Leah and Drew Lachey. Welcome back, you two. It's awesome to have you back in studio. Thank you for Thank having you. us. We're excited to be here. Now, I'm sure everyone who's listening, by the way, if you haven't listened to the first episode, you got to go back and get some of the backstory here. So we're not going to go all the way back you know, to their two origin stories and talk about the time when they grew up and they met each other in elementary school and, and, and Leah wouldn't give Drew the time of day because he was a nerdy little kid who didn't really deserve her attention. And there's a whole story there. Go back and figure all that out. You can listen to the early episodes. I think I encapsulated that back that well. Anyway. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Yeah, that's great. What we really wanted to do is I wanted to hear an update because I've heard some rumors of some things that are happening. I know you were launching in the process of launching Labelist and getting out on the, on, on the circuit with that a little bit. I want to hear an update on that. I've also heard that Drew might be going back out on the road for a period of time with the group formerly known as 98 Degrees, but due to climate change is going back out as 101 Degrees. Is, is, tell us, is that happening? <laughs> yeah. Yes. 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 Um, I don't know about the name change part, but yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So we're hitting the, we're getting ready to hit the road, go back out on the, on tour, um, doing about three weeks a month, uh, yeah. this fall. And then, you know, gearing up for a, a bigger push in 2024. So, um, you know, I, I wish, you know, I wish there was more dates this year, but it's just a little taste this year. And then we, we go back out again in 24. So how did this all come about, this desire to go back out on the road here and do this little re- – because you're doing a pretty unique show, from what I understand. It's a little different than maybe the audience is used to. You're doing a lot of different things with it. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, we, we constantly change it up. And, um, you know, that's something that, you know, Leah and I have, have kind of assumed more of a, a larger role in as, as you know, with 25, 26 years we've been doing this. Crazy. Um, so, you know, kind of shaping the show and figuring out exactly what we want the show to say, how we want it to be different from past tours – um, yeah, so for us, it was kind of getting together, finding out the set list, uh, what songs we wanted to perform, how we wanted to kind of make it feel, the ride we want the whole show to go on. Um, but as far as 98, degree go, 98 Degrees goes, we are just, we love performing. I mean, it's what we do. We love getting out on stage. We love interacting with our fans. So um, we've had a little bit of a, since 2020 happened, it's been kind of a little bit of a, a roller coaster getting back out on the road and, and getting dates lined up. So when this window opened up this fall and we had the opportunity to get back out on the road, we just jumped at it. Now, I'm not going to spend too much time on this because, you know, I want to move on to label lists and the stuff that you're also passionate about. But I, I'm just curious, and I'm sure the audience is curious. Now, are you all still in that stage where, you know, you're excited, you're going to schlep this tour around in like a paneled van with the team driving from city to city? Or are we, have we upgraded at this point? I would there think no we've upgraded. There is no yeah, panel van. There is no panel Yeah, there's no, there's no panel van anymore. Um, yeah, this is, you know, a longer tour. You know, we would typically get a couple of buses and, you know, go out that way. Uh, but because this is a shorter tour, we're doing an East Coast run, a little bit in Florida, and then a West Coast. We are, we're, we're this is a flying tour. Um, yeah, we just kind of make it, make it fit and go with, go where we need to go. And, um, yeah, we're, we're doing a lot of flying, a lot of, uh, you know, car services, but not, not a, <laughs> not a panel van is going to be in sight. That's too no. bad. I was hoping for that. Cause I was going to offer to go around and document this process for a couple of weeks. If that, if that were the case, we do need a merch guy. If you, if you want to go out and, 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 you know, you sell, could, sell the merch, you could run the merch table. Yeah. Can I get commission? Uh, <laughs> Maybe. I mean, it's either got to be a high base. It's more, of a, it's, more, it's more of a minimum wage position, you know, not commission. Just 
hey, listen, I'm a performer myself. So either give me a really high base and I'll probably put in mediocre effort. You put me on straight commission and I'll kill it. So tell me me what you need. Um, I was picturing, have you guys seen, by the way, I I didn't ask you this earlier. Have you seen the Daisy Jones and the Six series yet? I watched a little bit of it. The show, it's supposed to be kind of a fictitious play on, I think, back the Fleetwood Mac and that whole nine years. It just made me think about the early days of bands when they start off and all the stuff they have to go through. You're well beyond that now. I mean, you guys are kind of going on these these tours where your fans already love and adore you and you get to bounce around and be, you know, be, be famous already versus earn it, which is, which is kind of fun. Um, it's a little different. So that last question on this piece of it, probably, unless I think of another one after you answer it ineffectively and then I have to ask a follow-up my my question really is give us a little peek into what it's like because you had it's been a little when's the last time you guys were on tour together uh honestly I'm not I'm not sure it's been I mean it's been well, a year let's see. no over well it's been over a year so I, I went out for on, on a tour last last holiday season it's over over leading up into Christmas uh, but before that it was probably it's probably it's probably been a year plus yeah. since 98 was out on the road. Yeah. Um, yeah, so for us getting together, it's kind of like, I mean, the vocals, it's kind of like riding a bike. Like we, we spent so much time developing our blend and, and singing together that that part kind of comes back pretty quickly, pretty pretty naturally. The, uh, the staging of a new tour, um, which is Leah's, we hand that off to Leah and, and um, make her suffer through that process. Um, that, that's the part that takes us a little bit longer to, you know, that's not so much like riding a bike. That is more like falling off a bike, uh, for us. Um, but we have fun. We enjoy the process at high speed. Yeah. (laughs) Falling off a bike at high speed or, or just, you know, at high speed, high speed. Well, we're getting older. So just getting the bike to high speed (laughs) is more challenging now than it used to be. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of this whole process and we all kind of, naturally fall into our same roles that we've had for 25 plus years which is which is crazy yeah it's it's a family right when you've been doing this with the same people for 25 plus years it's like everybody kind of follows suit um i will say that i'm very proud of the guys this time around i mean this is this is a completely not this time i'm always proud but this time (laughs) it's it was a big push. I mean, we had we had literally four days to put this tour together. Oh, wow. I am flying out with them on Wednesday, so I will be in Connecticut with them. Um, I always like being at the first couple of shows at least just to make sure that everything is reading the way we want it to, um, that it's working on stage. But I got to give it to them. You know, four days, a brand new 75-minute show it, you got to work, you know, I mean, you gotta, you gotta leave the seven plus hour rehearsal and go home and practice. Um, and then they also had photo shoots and interviews and so there was a lot going on in packed into that four days. So commitment. And that was really my, my question, which you started to answer was, and I think Tony Robbins once said that, you know, a lot of times you see people who get rewarded in public and you think it looks so easy, but they've spent so many countless hours in private preparing for that moment. And as you guys have been doing this your whole lives, the, the, the stage, I'm sure you still get the butterflies and all, all of that, but the preparation required, you don't just throw a switch and go, oh, yeah, we're going to go back on tour and it just, you just all show up at the stage at the appropriate time and go. Yeah. yeah. Um, just, yeah that was my question is how much extra work and practice goes into this that people don't really probably fully see behind the scenes. I mean, we're doing, yeah. we're performing songs in this tour that we have never performed before. Um, you know, our own original music, we're doing some covers that are brand new. Um, you know, we just want to make sure that, you know, people that come to our show always leave having had a good time. Whether they were a 98 Degrees fan when they came in the door, we want to make sure they are when they leave. Um, and so that's learning new material, that's new choreography, that's, you know, kind of shaping out the flow of the show. Every, every Every aspect of it has to be considered and, and thought through from lighting to video to the set design to wardrobe and costuming to promotion of it with photo shoots and yeah. videos and interviews. Um, yeah, it's, you don't literally just roll off a bus and it's there and you just do it. Um, you know, it, it takes a lot of, like you said, a lot of preparation up front. Mm-hmm. Is it a little weird when you go to these shows now when it's you look out and it's the moms trying to convince their teenagers of why they used to scream for you guys? <laughs> Like, is that different or is that kind of fun? 
it, it's fun because a lot of them, you know, we, we're very fortunate that we have a, a very passionate fan base. Um, so, you know, a lot of them still, it's not just like, oh, this is the music I listened to when I was growing up. A lot of them, this is the music they listen to in their car now. Yeah. Um, you know, so through Sirius XM, they're on the, the 2000 and the, the 90s channels and all that stuff. You know, they're subscribing to those things. So a lot of times their kids have already been exposed to, you know, the, the, that era of pop music at the very least. Um, so it's, it's not as much convincing, but it is fun seeing, you know, this interaction between people that have been fans of ours for 20 years and, you know, their, their kids now who have grown up or just being, uh, sometimes it's their first concert. Um, it's a, it's a pretty cool thing to be a part of. That's awesome. And I, I was saying that kind of somewhat in jest, but it's when you, when you have this level of duration that you guys have been around, you, it's a you're a multi gener you can touch multi generations, right? You probably your your audiences are you're seeing all kinds of different age groups at them demographically, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it's very cool. Yeah, definitely, it definitely expands things for you. All right, enough about that. Let's turn down 98 degrees. Let's turn that down a couple notches now. Let's move on. <laughs> yes, moving on. Moving on. And, and I'll just use bad dad temperature analogy jokes the whole time, if that's okay with you guys. Oh, I've never heard those before. You know, that's, that's brand that's new. Good. Brand new. No, it's good. I'm really original. I get that a lot, that my humor is really original. Yeah. So anyways, um, now to, to move the hot seat over to, see what I did there again, temperature. See, I just, I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> that's good. They're going to just keep coming. We'll put that on the back burner. Love it. Oh, did I oh. There we go. We're going to start adding sound effects into the show. Yeah, yeah. I um I was so taken by our first episode when and I'd done a little bit of research and knew a little bit about the background with labelists and what you guys were trying to do, the mission that you you both feel so super passionately called towards, um, and the impact it was making on lives, especially of this younger generation who's growing up. I mean, it's 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 a multi generational message for all of us, but folks who are growing up right now in that bracket where they're being bombarded with different messages about who they're supposed to be and how they're supposed to be. And you guys creating this platform to go out and speak to anyone, regardless of where they are, that they belong and that there's a place for them in our culture. And then challenging those of us who have been less inclusive of people that, that are different than us and creating that platform. I was really moved by that and the story that you guys are telling with it. So give us an update. So Label Lists, for those who are not familiar with it, these two created it out of their brilliant genius minds on some way to really make an impact on those. And then you launched, turned it into this production, launched it, and have been out telling that story. Tell us a little, now give us an update from where we were from last episode to today with that show specifically. Well, when we sat down, we were talking with you about, we were getting ready to start a long run at Cincinnati Playoffs in the Park. Um, we are ecstatic and happy to tell you that the run was unbelievable. Um, the crowds, I, I just have to share this. I don't know if I've ever been a part of something that so quickly the final song is on stage and people can't get out of their seats fast enough to applaud. Um, it's just, it's very moving to watch and to see from the audience perspective, just, just how moved they are by the stories. Um, we had such a wonderful response. We, we took the show to Chicago. Um, that was really exciting to get the show outside of Cincinnati. Um, we did it in a more intimate space in Chicago, um, which once again proves that this production pretty much works in many, many uh, venues, which is, which is great. We recorded an album that's going to be out on Spotify October 1st. Um, and then we're very excited to say that we will be going on tour with Labelists once 98 wraps. Uh, we go back into rehearsal October 9th. We hit the road um, the 19th with our first show in Wichita, Kansas on the 21st. So we have seven cities that are confirmed and four more that are possibly coming in. And probably, well, the most exciting thing for us is that we're getting it outside of Cincinnati and more people are gonna be able to see it. Um, but we believe that we are going to be sitting down in New York City um, one night and doing the show. So this next push, this next phase of Labelist is to hopefully get more eyes on it. Uh, change people's mindsets and also get it to Broadway. That's what awesome. we want. 
Yeah. Love, I love, love that. I know that's always been the dream, right? With this, with this yes. piece. And, yeah. Uh, but, but it's one thing to have that dream and then work towards it before you've even really launched it to see what it could become. And then that was last time. And now you did it. You've launched it. You've seen the success that it could, it could produce. So the dream becomes even closer, right? You can almost taste it now where you're going. So what are one or two really big either reinforcement themes or ideas or stories or maybe surprises that you guys learned through the Playhouse in the Park series of, wow, okay, now we're doing it. And we're seeing this thing come to the visions coming right before our eyes. Wow. We didn't expect that reaction or we didn't expect this to come out of it. Was there something in, in that moment or was, wow, this is exactly what we were hoping for. I mean, I think it's, I think it's a little bit of both. I think, I think we're, we're never, we're never not surprised by certain, uh, you know, reactions or people's takeaway from it. Um, I mean, I think one thing that was definitely reinforced to me is that, the, the human side of these conversations, it wins out. Um, you know, once, you, once you're just able to strip away all the extra stuff that's, you know, off to the sides and, you know, you're just able to get down, down to one person listening to another person tell their story, that is pretty easy for people to be like, I can see you now for who you are. Once you're able to, to kind of strip away a lot of the, you know, the labels that we, that we you know, throw on each other. Um, so to me, that's, that's always the, the best thing when people are like, you know, regardless of where they come from, what their political beliefs are, their religious beliefs, just to be able to talk human to human um, and, and get on the same page that way is, is always, you know, to me, a, a magical moment. Um, I think some things for us that, you know, were, su- were surprising um, is, you know, we've seen it before, but how, how much the social experiment that is our cast how much it really does work. Right. You know, they are, they're on stage and again, every different color, orientation, socioeconomic background that we could possibly get on the stage together, we got on the stage together and they are proof that they can get along, they can understand each other, they can be compassionate and, and show empathy. And um, I think the more people that see that, yeah. um, the, the better the, the world's gonna be and the more successful the show's gonna be frankly. I think, um, I learned a couple things that I, that I, I guess, well, I, I know that I'm not the kind of person that takes no for an answer (laughs) and the bigger this gets, um, yeah, I, I think it's just, it's even more in my face. I mean, the bigger the project gets, the, the more time we have to spend on it, um, the more push we have to make, you know, to, to get something that you really believe in off the ground, it is nonstop. Kind of like what we were talking about before. It's all that preliminary work. I mean, we get up, get our kids off to school, and I mean, we are answering emails and on phone calls, and, and it's, it's constant because we believe in it. But, you know, with things that get bigger, there's always going to be these people that you know, come into play and maybe say, well, that, that isn't going to work. And I think I learned a lot about myself that that's okay. That's okay if you think that. I don't think that. And so I'm going to push the, the project through. Um, and also just from a creative standpoint, I think it's interesting because, you know, we're writing and we're creating, but as we listen to these these spoken word pieces, you know, and as the world changes day by day, um, we were just talking about it the other night. We were like, "Ooh, we need to add a line in here. We need another add another line in here." So it, it's interesting from a creative you know perspective because it's it's not just like, "Oh, the show's done." So I think that's the that's the biggest thing. It's like pretty much done, but it's always going to kind of evolve and change a little bit so that it's really making a realistic impact mm-hmm. and, and is, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think, I think that's the biggest thing is I think, I think you think like, oh, I put some, all this time and work into it and oh, that part's done. I don't think it'll ever be done. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think one thing, honestly, that, you know, kind of going off what Leah just said, there's always going to be people that say, well, that's not the way it's done. Yeah. That's not the way you do it. And for us, for a long time, we were like, oh, that's not the way it's done. Okay, well, shoot, that stinks. But now we're at this point, we're saying, well, that might not be the way you do it, but that doesn't mean that's the only way. So 
you might not feel comfortable with this. Like, oh, that you can't put you can't put that on the stage, like set wise. Oh, that that lighting will never work. Oh, the sound, the song, whatever won't work. Oh, you can't route a tour that way. You need to go to this convention and and spend thousands of dollars to go on this email list or whatever. Guess what? There's more than just your way. Um, and we're finding out that, you know, we can, we can blaze our own trail. We don't have to just follow the same pattern that people have done in the past. And I think that's liberating. Yeah. Um, but it's also kind of frightening, <laughs> um, to be honest, cause well, cause the self doubt creeps in, right? Cause sometimes you start questioning, okay, well, yeah. I tell my son, he's a freshman in college and he wants to be a filmmaker and he's a creative guy and all that stuff. And it's ever since he's little, I've known he's different that way. And, I, and I, I've always told him, I'm like, son, look around you. No one's ever changed the world by doing something the way it's always been done. Yep. If you want to change the world, you have to think about doing something different. Yep. E- even if you do something better than the way it's been done, you'll, you'll be great. But if you want to be transformational, you have to do something different than the way it's been done. So never question yourself if you think that, hey, I'm, I've been given a gift and I don't, I don't see it the way anyone else sees it. Right. That probably is a sign that, there's a pretty good inkling you should lean into that direction. But to your point, the self-doubt starts to creep in, right? Because you don't just get from A to Z with this new divergent thinking. There's a lot of hurdles and hills along the way that cause you to go, man, maybe they were right. I probably got to pause. And then so have that persistence to know you feel called to do something different and then see it through. It's tough. Yeah. It is tough. And it's it's a constant, it's a constant, I don't want to say struggle, but it's a constant hurdle that you have to get over every time is, all right, we convinced this person. Now we got to the next person. Now we have to convince them too. And it literally every day, it's just another, another step of, of trying to convince people and get people to understand that there isn't really a way to describe what we're trying to do. You just need to see it and you need to be a part of it to, in order to understand it. And that's, that's the part that we're, I think we're finding strength in is that we understand it and that the more people that get on board, we are basically creating this tidal wave of change, uh, you know, hopefully in people's consciousness, but also in the way that shows are being produced and the way tours are happening. And it doesn't have to be, you know, you're on your subscription series for your local art center and you're going to get Hello Dolly and you're going to get Oklahoma and you're going to get Little Shop of Horrors and you might get Labelous in there for a night. We're not trying to do that anymore. We're trying to make our own path mm-hmm. and kind of build our own momentum. So that's that's kind of where people are like, well, that's not the way we do it. Um, so we're changing the way it's done a little bit. And it's empowering, right? When you sit back and listen to that, it, it is. And like what you just said, lean into it. I always say, step into it. Like that's just, that's just my go-to step into it. It's all in front of you. I heard this wonderful thing the other day about, um, you know, when you put time and energy into something day after day after day, you have to believe that it is going to work because all of that time and love and energy and the cast and the people that believe in it and the audiences, like I know in my heart that it, that it will be huge, but it's that day to day, you know, get up, do it again, get on the phone, talk to the right people, get it into the city. Um, but I, I have to say like in routing this, you know, particular fall tour for Labelist, um, these theaters are ecstatic. Like I, I send the packet and, and, and I'll be honest, some of it is just those like cold calls that you have to do. And um, I've met these like wonderful people along along the way, and they're like, "What is this?" But yes, we want this in our theater. We're going to get behind this. And so, just like what Drew was saying, you can't always just listen to the naysayers. You got to do it. Well, there's so much in alignment with what our audience that listens to this, whether you're a business professional, executive, entrepreneur, stay-at-home parent. The, the, the two things you were talking about that I love is number one the business of having a really unique idea and, and trying to get exposure for how to get that idea seen. That, that's the business of this, right? Which is a grind, but it's, it's worth it because in the end, it's the message of labelists that is the center point, the centerpiece. And for any entrepreneur out there, you might have, a, well, I'm, a, I'm like Drew and Lee. I've got this visionary idea where I'm going to turn a spoon into a fork and call it a spork. And we're going to launch it and everyone's going to use it. 
well, you might have this brilliant idea, but if you don't have this way of saying, we're going to do it differently and I have a plan to do it differently, it's going to be really, really hard. But back to the original point is your thing's not a spork. Like you also have to have an amazing idea, experience. Like this is the product, if you will, of Labelist. And I think that you always have known you have a unique, I hate to use the word product, but you have a unique experience that's been created. So then... I love, we didn't get into this last time at all, the business of getting that experience exposure in order to turn it into something that's reproducible. That's what the journey you've been on, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think a big thing for us is, you know, we've been, we've been performers, you know, and, and creatives in this, in this industry for a long time. But we've never had to, yes, we did management stuff in, in our nonprofit and things like that, but we've never had to take on this large of a role in the business side of things. You know, we are part managers, we're part agents, we're part casting directors, we're full-time directors and producers, we're part-time therapists. We're, I mean, it's, <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't end. And I think for a, a lot of what we had to do was be open to learning. We, yeah. had, we, we had to be open to the idea of, okay, I don't, I don't necessarily understand this. How can I learn about it? Who can I ask about it? What can I do to, to get this knowledge that I need to advance this project that we believe so passionately about? I mean... And I don't, think, I don't think that's easy for a lot of people, right? I mean, like human nature, it's not easy to be in a room, you know, table full of people, executives that, you know, know their business and you're sitting there and you just, you want to act like you know. But what we've found is that if you just ask the simple question for some guidance, it works. It's like, be honest, be open, learn new things. Um, yeah, we, we're wearing 20 hats. Yeah, I mean, I never thought when I joined a boy band in 1996 that I would be doing, you know, web design and ticketing <laughs> layouts and routing of, of, you know, theater tours and things like I just, it never came to my mind that I'd also be dealing with like yeah. overseeing payroll and mm-hmm. taxes and bus insurance. I mean... But it's stuff you have to, like, if you believe about the project, you do whatever it takes to make it successful. Um, and and I, I'm going to, right now, like, I'm going to give Leah her her due. Because there are a lot of times, like, people would say no. And I'd be like, oh, well, they, they're, the, they're the ones that know. They've been in this position for a long time. They know. And to her credit, she has never not believed that we could do it. Like, there's never been a moment where she she would be like, all right, you know what? Maybe we need to take our foot off the gas. She's like, no, I believe in this. So we are moving forward. And so for anybody that's part of this project, me included, you either get on that or you get left behind. Mm-hmm. Um, so this playoffs in the park was her. This tour going forward is her. Um, you know, I'm, I'm finally, she's made a believer out of me. Um, not only that if she says it's going to happen, it will happen, but also the fact that um, this project can survive in a non-traditional form. Yeah. Um, and I'm very, I'm very pragmatic. I'm like, no, this is the way it's done. We plan it out. I, I like order. I like things. And she's like, no, we're jumping. We believe we're jumping. Um, and I think projects need that. They need somebody that's willing to jump, not just somebody that's willing to be cautious. And I think that's why it works. Yeah, I was going to say, and that's, that's why we work, right? I mean, we are... We're so supportive of each other, but at the same time, like he is, like he said, he's going to think through everything. And then every once in a while I say, no, we got to just jump. Like there, there was, there's too much momentum, right? And it's time for change. And going back to what I was saying about the audience, that that's not a normal reaction. That is not a normal thing at, at, in any theater for people to jump up from their seats. We had an audience member, I think it was probably our fourth show, that was so moved that she just, she was in the front row, she just hugged one of the cast members, like before the bow. And I mean, and it was a beautiful thing because it's a beautiful moment. Um, you know, we did think maybe eventually we'll need security, but that's the point. <laughs> but it was a lovely moment. And she said, Oh my gosh, it's, I'm, I'm watching myself on stage. Like, you understand me. And we also have a lot of people, you know, talking about thinking outside of the box and the way the show is produced. You know, we have a lot of people that say, 
you know, this is not usually what I come to see. I don't usually come to see Broadway. I don't come to see musical theater. And this, to me, felt different. I am entertained and I'm inspired and, you know, I, I'm leaving thinking about all of these different things that I just heard. So I think what you said, too, it's like when you're when you, you got to do things differently every once in a while for them to work. And, and I like thinking that labelist is going to be the model for people in a year. Like, why not model our show after labelist, how they did it? Because. I believe it'll work. I, I, I think there's no, there's no better people to steer the ship and learn all of these roles than the people that helped create it because they believe in it. So we can hire a team and we can hire people, but at the end of the day, I want to be the one talking about the project. You know, I want to be the one that, that is making you understand what the project's about. Well, and eventually it probably takes on a life of its own and it becomes bigger than, than, than the two of you as well, right? Which it will. Yes, it, it, yes, it, it will. Go, but yeah. What I love what you said, and I'm thinking about, and we are in an age, I think, where there is a, I feel like there's a groundswell around creativity where this next generation, especially our millennials and Zs, like they're kind of open to things not being the way they've always been done. So this could be a great time for this to happen. And when you were talking about, when you were describing that what I kept thinking was, you know, I do keynote speaking all over the place and I always try to think about, you know, a conference or companies hire me to come in, but they hire keynote speakers all the time. And so what am I going to do that's different? I try to do this experiential hour where I call it edutainment, where I'm educating as I entertain and I want the audience to feel like they're a part of this conversation versus this kind of motivational speaker. I can see where you guys have created something that could go into that space even. Like, like we're large corporations are saying we're bringing labelists in instead of a keynote speaker because we want our, our entire company to experience this because it's going to change the way we interact inside of our organization. So there's so many things that I think you guys are doing with this that might break down a lot of not, not just, you know, label walls inside of right. our, the way we interact with each other, but the way things have always been done, it could be really, really cool. And I, I think like a, Alta Fiber was was our presenting sponsor at, at the Playhouse and Park, and they brought in a lot of employees to come see the show. Yeah. Um, and so people are starting to use it as a way for you know kind of teaching their um, you know diversity and inclusion and and in their in their workplace, and also it's it's a, an ability to try and see people in a different way. That's what we're trying to get get to. Um, you know, so we're we're already lining up schools. That on this next one that we're going to go into and, and do performances at schools for their student body. Um, and kind of what you're talking about, how, you know, the, the younger generation is able to already kind of think outside the box and think about a new way. The show is for them in a lot of ways so that they feel like they are seen, that they are uh, valued. But in a lot of ways, it's for guys like me, like my age who are like, all right, we've already paid our dues and this is our seat at the table and this is how we do it and this is the way it's done and this is the way we're going to continue to control it. To be like, okay, I need to, I need to change the way I think about things a little bit. So it's, it's not necessarily just getting people to a place where they feel valued and they feel seen, but it's also getting a lot of us to a place where we are in a position with an open heart and open mind to see people not just kind of do what's easy and kind of just be like, all right, you're in that group, you're in that group. It's right. an ability to open your heart, open your mind and see. And I think that's the beauty of what Labelist does is that it's not just, all right, we're gonna go for the teenagers. Oh no, we're gonna go for the, you know, middle America. We're going for, this show literally is for everybody. That's one of the things I took away from our first uh, um, show together was that idea behind you know, we're all a product of our experiences, our environment, our upbringing, and we all have a lot of junk in the brain trunk because of it, right? Yeah. And for those in, in, for those who are listening who are in corporate America to some degree, and you're in a leadership position, well, you've probably grown up in the leadership position of, I got promoted based on productivity and performance, and I've kind of gone through this of me producing gets me noticed. So therefore then I manage that same way, which is very directional. And many times without differentiating the people that I'm leading, 
and understanding how different than unique they are. So learning how to communicate with people by seeing them for who they are and their unique gifts, talents, and how they're wired, that's not really been taught very well in in the corporate environment that we've all grown up in. It's starting to kind of infiltrate a little bit, and this could be a good a good trigger to help help do that, right? Because you're what I love about what you're doing is is you're you're showing it through an experiential lens as opposed to preaching it. Yes. And I think that is the only way for people to be willing to accept change when you're wired differently is like, you can't come and tell me that I have to do this. Right. You have to show me there's a better way by letting me see it, feel it, experience, and then choose to be different. That's what I love the most about what you guys have created with this. And that's exactly like you just touched on. I, multiple people have said to me, what is so wonderful about the, the production is that you're sitting there and it's not being pushed on you. And it's not like, and you're gonna do, you're gonna do this and you're gonna do that. It's, it's you're listening. Um, and, and, and I think because it's done in that way, people are more receptive to it. And, and also, you know, we, uh, somebody, you know, once very eloquently said, you know, we're kind of hiding the pill in the baloney. You know, as far as like, you know, when you give your dog a, their medication, you like stick it in like a Kong or something and a peanut butter or however you do it. So there's, you know, there's an element of that too. Like, okay, we got great music. There's great dancing, great performances, yeah. Yeah. great voices, all this wonderful stuff that also allows you to be already a little bit more open and receptive to hearing the message. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's, that's a big part of it. I mean, you have, you know, like uh, one of the performers that was just in our, in our run here is now she just got cast as Dorothy on the revival of Wiz on Broadway. I mean, we, you, have, you have Broadway caliber performers up there singing their faces off and dancing down. And so it is an entertaining show um, out of the gate. I mean, yeah. even if there was no message, right. it would be entertaining. Right. But the fact that you are able to get the message across through these personal stories and the fact that the stories are true, um, it, it really allows people to be like, oh, okay. It, it, it makes it much more palatable um, than being than being told what you should think or, you know, this is how you should feel. We're basically like, this is one human being's story. Can you get behind this? Can you support this person for who they are? Or are you just going to continue to put them in a box and not pay attention to them or not see them just because it's convenient? Um, and that's kind of the choice that people are kind of subconsciously making just by seeing the show. Yeah, you're, you're allowing there to be um, – a safe's the wrong word for it um, – an open environment that ends up causing me to ask myself questions. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's where the best change in life happens, right? Uh, a couple weeks ago, um, a good friend of mine who's a pastor here in Cincinnati at Crossroads Mason delivered – shout out to Tim Seneff, Crossroads Mason. Uh, <laughs> we, we get no sponsorship promotional dollars from, from them, Tim. Uh, he, he did a message on – Literally, it was on. It made me think of you guys. He had a potter on the stage. She was literally with a potter wheel, creating with clay, creating these amazing like works of art with pottery while he was giving this message. And the whole message was how how many times that we and this was the in, the the internal dialogue where we have been raised to believe that we're less than because of. And he would go take a snip. She'd have this beautiful bowl built. He'd go take a handful of it and just clump it away. And you could see, I'm like, I was getting so irritated for her. Darn it. And she'd have to kind of reform it. And he's like, you know, God, God created all of us in his image uniquely as a work of art. And, you, and when you don't see yourself as that, you start to see yourself as less than, therefore you start projecting that. And then others, you allow others to start labeling you as less than. And the message was so, I'm like, this is, he's like, he's like the opening act for labelists. Yeah. Uh, this <laughs> this identity it. lens of, man, if then we can start to see people as these amazing works of art that were created in the unique image of God, we might appreciate them a little differently. And that's what I love about what you guys are doing. Yeah, I think it's also, it's, yes, you want people to be seen as, not less than, but we also want people to have the ability to do a little self, <laughs> self-help uh, and be like, oh, I'm not superior to anyone either. Right. So it's not, uh, not only am I not, I'm not less than you, we need people to be able to be like, oh, I'm not superior to you either. Um, and, and seeing, getting on a, a, 
a level of equality and a level playing field. Um, you know, because we also do that. We're like, oh, well, I, I grew up in this part of town or I, you know, I have a college degree or, you know, heaven forbid, I'm this color or, you know, I, I follow this political party or this religion. There's all these things that we identify with ourselves that we, you know, we put ourselves on a certain platform and, yeah. or, you know, you know, whatever, how we elevate ourselves. So just being able to see not only that we are not less than somebody else, but we are not superior to anyone else. And I think once we get to that point, that is when true change will be able to happen. Yeah. What I also, and you guys correct me if you think I'm way off base on this, but one of the things that I, I love about this story and this message and what you're, you're, you're attempting to get out, not attempting, you are getting it out there now is you guys aren't these cultural woke activists with this message at all. This has nothing to do with that. And so people might look at this in, in, in at first blush and get, as you guys get more and more out there, they're going to look at this and go, oh, well, this is just another one of those yeah. woke movement things. If you're hearing me, you all know that that's not my position. This is not what this is. The listeners out there, this is not an activist message. It's an activating message around seeing each other as humans and living in a space where we all recognize our value. Yes. yes. And that's what I think is absolutely missing in our culture that you guys have nailed. Yeah, I think that's that's the very important part to us is that, you know, it's very easy to be like, this is a red message, a blue message. This is a Christian message. This is a non-Christian message. This is just a, a human message. It is. And that's what we try and strip away. We don't we don't talk about politics. We don't talk about religion, how people live their own lives. That's on them. This is literally just about being able to see another human being as a human being. And from there, getting to know them. At the end of the day, you still might not like them. Yeah. Right. We're not saying everybody has to like each other. Yeah. But just you still may be a your, jerk. Yeah. <laughs> right. Just open your heart a little bit. Get to know them before you decide they're a jerk. Yes. You know, because I guarantee nine times out of ten, you're going to be surprised by what you find and what you understand. And by understanding someone else more, you're going to help to understand yourself more. And that, you know, self-understanding, you can never know yourself too well. Um, and I think that's the point we need to get to. As you guys go further, Leah, on this with, with your PR, as you get bigger and broader, this is the great, the great irony to me is you have like the ultimate, the ultimate communication weapon. I, I, anyone who comes against this, this production critically, they're going to come against it with a label. Exactly. And you're going to be like, hey, <laughs> exactly. let me ask you a quick question. <laughs> and that's the brilliance of it as well, right? Which tells me why it's so powerfully unique. Right. And I, I think too, I was just saying this to someone a couple of days ago, I think the reason that it works too, when we're talking about like the wokeness, um, because I'm sure, I'm sure that will be said. Um, and I, I don't take my position lightly. Um, you know, when we created the show, I like to think that we listen to all viewpoints. You know, when we, when the cast comes back together, we always circle up and check in with each other and, and really try to promote, um, you know, not only what we're doing on the stage, but in the rehearsal process as well and, and listening. But I mean, I can't stress enough that the show was not Drew and I sitting down one night and saying, I think we should do a show about this, this, and this. It was just a simple exercise in a class. And I think that that's why it works because it came naturally. And from those scraps and pieces of paper where our students wrote down anonymously how they were discriminated against. Um, from that was, oh, I wonder if we could do an exercise in class. And oh, I bet you we could do um, a song and this could be therapeutic. And, and then before we knew it, it became a show. So I'm sure that, you know, some people will hear it eventually and, and say, oh yeah, oh, they sat down and they thought it, it, it's never been that. Um, but I think that that's why we get that honest connection with the audience is that they know that it's not, it's not for show. It's, it, it, it is to make a difference. It's, it's a good piece and it's good art, but it also is, um, you know, true and honest from, from all, from everyone, the creative team as well. We have an amazing creative team and cast. Well, if you're listening out there and you're going to get a chance to go to this, it's, this, this is not a production, a show, to, to Drew's point earlier, it's not about right or wrong. It's not about left or right. It's, it's not about black or white. 
it's literally a show, a production about love. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and, and, and acceptance and looking at other humans through the eyes of what their true potential could be. Yeah. Wow. 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 I mean, if we could just do that, right? What a, what a crazy better world this would be. Let somebody else, if they want to go do a right or wrong, you can go do that. It's, an, it's called an opinion piece. If you want to do <laughs> exactly. one about, that's right. Go do your opinion pieces, but that's not what this is about, right? Right. right. Yeah. Ultimately, like our, our biggest thing is that we, and we say this constantly, it is, it is about starting a conversation. You don't have to know everything. You don't have to understand everything. You don't have to be right about everything. But if we can start a conversation, we can start a dialogue between people who see differently. If we can find middle ground, that is where that is where great things happen. I mean, we say all along, like we've been taught tolerance mm. for so long. Tolerance, tolerance, tolerance. We're being taught to tolerate each other. Like, okay. The best we can do. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll yeah. put up with you. You, know, yeah. you get on my nerves, but I'll put up with you. How about this? How about... I, I don't necessarily see it eye to eye, but I see you for who you are and I accept you. Mm-hmm. Like acceptance versus tolerance. They're two different things. Um, and I think we want to get to a place where the world is seeing each other with accepting each other for who we are. Not necessarily agreeing with everything, but seeing acceptance as a replacement for tolerance. Yeah. yeah, I love it. And this idea with the empathy that you're able to generate because of that, and you guys create that in that environment is, is awesome. So tell us a little bit as we close then, uh, where's the show going now? I know you mentioned you're going to Wichita, I believe, but what's the, what's the next schedule look like? Uh, what's the goal now for the next six months with this thing? I know you want to get to Broadway. And how can people learn more about it again that maybe haven't heard about it? Where can they go find more information? Where can they get to one of these shows? How can they contact you to bring it into their whatever uh, organization are they all of the above um we're doing wichita kansas jump in if i miss one uh springfield missouri columbus ohio cincinnati ohio again um asheville north carolina pittsburgh pennsylvania new york city and then we're waiting on louisville st louis dallas denver and clearwater florida so all of that would happen between this October 21st, November 20th date. So we're doing all of that. That's what we're calling our fall run. Um, But we are already in talks with bringing it out west come January, um, which is exciting. And then we will be pitching this this entire project uh, for a potential documentary uh, to networks in October. So that's a whole other piece of the puzzle. Yeah. So if anybody that wants to, to find out more about it or, you know, get, get tickets, all of that stuff, all that information will be at labelistmusical.com. As dates get solidified, they'll all be there. You can get your ticket links through that. Um, and also our socials, uh, uh, Labelist Musical on Instagram as well. Um, and you can kind of get to know the cast a little bit better because the show is the show. But the cast is what makes the show. Yeah. Um, it's them telling the stories. It's them who are living these stories. Um, so, you know, the show is only as strong as the cast and we are, we are very fortunate that we have a cast who not only is tremendously talented, but believes in the message as well. Um, so it's, it's a, it's a great, it's a great win-win for everybody. Yeah. Now by chance is this tour happening with like side panel vans? I, I just want to know. <laughs> I just feel like I want to donate a side panel van somewhere. Oh, please. Somewhere. <laughs> Send it. Yeah. No, this, this tour, this tour is much more the side panel van tour, but we're not quite side panel. Not quite. You know, we will be busing it, you know, a bus and then a a truck with our, with our crew and lights and sound and all that fun stuff. But, um, yeah, it definitely is. Honestly, the 98 degrees touring has, has taught taught us a lot about what it's like to be on the road as performers. So we're trying to make sure our cast is taken care of and, and, you know, not necessarily having to take the same lumps, uh, on this on this promotional tour, um, for lack of a better word, that that we did when we were paying our dues. We learned coming a up. lot. We yeah. learned a- that's incredible. I- I'm so excited and happy for you guys to see where this has gone. Even just a few months ago, it wasn't that long ago, right? We were in the studio together talking about this, and I have no doubt it's going to go even further in bigger places because of your vision, because of your passion, and more importantly, because of the message. I think it's a good time and place for that. And though, you know, half of you is deciding to go off and try to do, you know, is this, you know, relive their youth and their 98 degree tour. This, you know, the, I'm sure Leah, you know, if you need some help, 
you know, I'm from our team to help fill the gaps yeah. while he's gone out, you know, hucking it up on the stages of these places. Uh, let us know. I'll let you know. Just so you know, I'm the one that has to like sweep the floor afterwards. And, you know, so don't don't necessarily be be so quick to want to jump into my I'm the one emptying the trash at the end of rehearsals, you know. <laughs> Um, well, you know, you do have a few other divas on your 98 Degrees team. I won't mention any names, but, you know, they, they do. They might have to play that card a little bit with you. Well, yeah, I, I do. When I come to Labelist, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely humbled and willing to do whatever I need to do. When I'm, right. when I'm off with 98 Degrees, I try and live my best pop star life. So, He's um, a diva. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have to embrace that side of things. I love it. I love it. I just want to come be a groupie. Maybe I'll show up at like the Disney show or something. I'll be one of you. Oh, yeah. I'll, bring, I'll bring my lighter up to the front row. And you know, I know the words to the songs. So yeah, go to, go to 98degrees.com. You'll, you'll see our whole, you'll see our yeah. whole schedule. You yeah. can, you can get it. You can get your own panel van and follow us around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We were, no, it's, it's <laughs> their mom and It's the de- the degrees, you know. A lot a lot of people they're they're the degrees, you know. So oh okay yeah okay degrees so, of separation is that oh there if you follow us there's zero degrees of separation you'll be right there oh you'll be right you know? there that's what you should call your fan group zero degrees of separation <laughs> like that's the fans that are the closest to you see that's what that's why you have the podcast and you get to sit there with the big sign behind you and. And get to, you know, do all this. You got the good ideas. Good idea. It's my version of my own diva hood. I just live in my bubble and, you know, you, you do you, I'll do me, okay? Perfect. <laughs> you guys are the best. And I told you last time we'd love to have you back on for an update. This has been amazing. And, and I'll say it again. I'd love to have you back on as we get closer to the end of the year again just to see where things are at and get this message continually out um, to the masses. So and since we're in the same city, we might as well just keep doing it. Absolutely. That'd be great. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks again. It was was great having you guys back. Thanks for having us. Hey friends, this is Jim Knight, former 21 year hard rock executive turned best-selling author and top 10 keynote speaker. And I'm Brant Menzwar, former frontman of Hollywood's most dangerous band, turned top 10 motivational speaker and best-selling author. We host the how-to podcast, Thoughts That Rock, where we talk to rock stars, athletes, CEOs, astronauts, and even next-door neighbors who share their expertise and opinions. Together, we tackle the most interesting and challenging topics of today. Whether you want to learn how to become more confident, how to deal with anxiety at work, or how to write a hit song, or use Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in life. We've got hundreds of episodes to help amp up your life and move you forward. Subscribe to Thoughts That Rock wherever you listen to podcasts, and check out evergreenpodcast.com for more information.